Welcome to Wild Tater, the food forest podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway. Today we're going to talk about the smooth sumac, scientific name Rus glabra. You may have heard of it under some other scientific name, uh, botanical name, I should say. And if so, just just uh, compare what you think it is to what uh, I am saying here, it, because it's had a lot of uh, names that's been classified under over the years, but uh, this is, as far as I can tell, the present uh, scientifically accepted name, Rus glabra. I will say, though, that um, several other sumac trees can be, or bushes, can be used um, in the same way that you would this one. It's, it's a unique one in many ways, but as far as the fruit is concerned, you can also go with the skunk bush sumac, uh, staghorn sumac, and, and you'll be able to use it pretty much the same way. So um, don't be too hung up about the particular. Just make sure that you're not using the poison sumac, which of course is poisonous. The smooth sumac, it, it f- fills the shrub layer um, because it only gets to about nine feet tall and nine feet wide. It is considered a bush or a shrub. A beautiful one at that. It's a gorgeous uh, plant. I mean, it, it looks like something from a tropical rainforest, if you're not familiar with the smooth sumac. Um, if you're familiar with the staghorn sumac, it looks somewhat similar to that, but it uh, doesn't get quite as tall, and it gets a little bit, I think, thicker leaves, um, but uh, the uh, look of it is is kind of similar. Now the uh, smooth sumac is very cold hardy, goes from zones 3 to 9, which means it can withstand cold to negative 40 Fahrenheit or Celsius. That happens to be the uh, temperature at which Fahrenheit and Celsius cross, negative 40. It can take, or it prefers, soil with a pH of between 6.8 and 7.2, right in that neutral range. However, Smooth sumac, uh, kind of like the hawthorn that we talked about yesterday, is very uh, tolerant of a diversity of soils. It can even grow in very nutritionally deficient soils. So um, don't let the 6.8 to 7.2 hang up too much. It will grow in most soils just fine. Its watering needs are very low once it's established. It's Blooming season is late spring to early fall, and its harvest season is late summer to early fall. The fruiting age is from three to four years old, so once it's three or four years old, it will start to fruit. If you're trying to pollinate it for fruit, which I imagine most of you will be if you are growing it for a food forest tree or bush, um, it is dioecious, which means that Each individual plant is either a male or a female, and you're going to need a male plant and a female plant to get fruit, and the fruit will only grow on females. Gratefully, this is a rather prolific plant, and so getting both a male and female established shouldn't be too difficult. As far as sun needs are concerned, this is another great plant to fill just about any niche because it can take full sun and it can take full shade. It's, it, it, it will survive sun-wise wherever you put it. 
Um, its preferred habitat is a little bit hard to identify simply because it is hardy to such a wide range of soils and climates. Um, but some sources have suggested that it does well in, in uh, places like roadsides, fields, uh, rich soils, woodland edges, even waste places are sometimes mentioned as being a great place to grow these. Um, others have suggested that it is a climax indicator species in shrub grassland communities, which is to say that where grasslands have, have become um, quite mature, there are usually quite a few of these uh, found there. So, um, yeah, just about anywhere you can plant them, they'll, they, they seem to like it. Their growth rate is quite fast. Their reproductive rate is quite high um, through both root rhizomes and seed. Now, remember that the root rhizomes, when they're coming up um, from the roots, they're going to be clones of the original tree. So if you've got a female that you want more, um, you want more fruit, um, letting the female go uh, and get, create those rhizomial clones um, should be a, a good way to go. Whereas if you've got a male, um, again, it won't produce seed, it won't produce the fruit, um, but it will be needed to pollinate the females. So um, if that gives you an idea of what you might be looking for. So if, for example, if you're wanting to share um, the fruiting tree with a neighbor, if they're a close neighbor, um, you could take a root cutting tree um, from the female because you know it will grow fruit. If you are taking a male, however, you know that it won't grow fruit. Now, in case you're a little bit concerned with how fast these grow, how fast they spread, um, it, it may be a little bit of a consolation that the average lifespan of a smooth sumac is about 20 years. They're not a very long-lived tree, and they make up for it by reproducing quickly. That's, that is a common approach in natural selection uh, for short-lived species, is to reproduce quickly, which they do. They are in the Anacardiaceae family, and we will briefly bring that up again in uh, the cautions section. But let's talk right now about the fruit, okay? Um, the food value of the smooth sumac is the fruit, the, these little berries. And they are not used in the same way that most berries are used. Now, some berries are used where you can you use them as long as you cook them, um, and others where you can eat them fresh off the tree and so forth. Sumacs are unique in this way because you generally don't just eat the fruit right off the tree. I recommend if you want to do that, and you can, that you just nibble the fruit around the seed and either spit out or, you know, don't eat the seed in the first place. The seed is hard and it is the part of the fruit that contains the uh, tannic acids that can lead to a little bit of more of a bitter flavor. Um, I can't find any evidence that there is any harm in eating the seeds. In fact, um, one of the major uses of the seed 
is to just grind it all together, seed, fruit, all together. They're dried and then ground to make sumac seasoning, which is very popular in Mediterranean food. And uh, it gives food a kind of a lemony flavor about it. It's sometimes called the uh, lemon of the Mediterranean because of its tartness or the tartness of the flavor. Um, I would compare it more to the flavor of lemon zest than the flavor of lemon juice or dried lemon, something like that. But it is, it is a little bit tart, which is kind of fun. I will say, if you are preparing the sumac, um, you're collecting the seeds and so forth and trying to kind of sift through the, you know, getting the twigs out and all that stuff, um, and you have a paper cut on your hand, it will sting just as it would if you were processing, you know, lemon rind or something to that effect. It, it has that tartness that the, the acid in there that makes it taste so delightful will sting a sore <laughs> on your hand. So that's something to be aware of. Um, so that is one way that it is used, ground up as a seasoning. I will say that some people, preferring not to include the seed, as it is not the major flavor part of the seed, or part of the fruit anyway, will sometimes throw the dried seeds in a blender and just beat them up enough to knock the seeds free, and, and then they will use a sifter to get the seed separated from, you know, the, uh, the fruit itself having been blended will fall through and the seeds will stay on top and then you can just throw out the seeds or throw them in your garden to get more sumacs. That's what, what I would totally do. And uh, then you can have just the seasoning without the seed involved. But as I can tell, from what I can tell, the traditional Mediterranean sumac seasoning um, almost always includes the seed as well. The other way that this is commonly prepared, that sumac fruit is commonly prepared, is to soak the seeds fresh right off the, the tree. They can either be plucked from the branches or stuck with the branches. You don't want the, the leaves in there, but you know, with the, uh, if, if you have some stick on there, that's okay. But stick that straight into water. If you're concerned about the uh, floaties and bits and so forth, you could get either a cloth or a cheesecloth or, you know, tea bag something to, to separate the uh, water from the fruits themselves. Either way, what you're doing is you're putting them in the water and allowing them to soak. Now, some recipes call for sitting for a half hour. Some say just stick it, you know, in some lukewarm water, but then stick it in the fridge, leave it all night and you'll get more of this flavor. Either way you want to do it. Some people will add sweetener afterwards. Some people won't. I have tasted it without, and it's it's nice. It's a nice flavor. I suspect with the sweetener, sugar, whatever, uh, honey, um, then you will have even more delightfulness about it just because of its sweetness. Now, I will give as a uh, heads up about this. This is specific to sumac, if you're going to do this, you don't want to put boiling water on the seed or boil 
I'm sorry, not the seed, the fruit with the seed. Um, you don't want to dip them into boiling water, which is a very common thing to do with most fruit things in order to seep the flavors out because the, the heat helps pull the flavor out. Because what happens is boiling water or even very, very hot water will release the tannins from the seed, which will give it a bitter and also astringent flavor. So you'll lose a lot of the delightful flavor of it. So that's why people usually have it sit for, you know, half hour or all night or whatever in cool water because it will keep the the sweet tart flavor without releasing those bitter tannins. Okay, so that's that's the two basic ways of of using the fruit and I will say um, there are a lot of uses for um, sumac in recipes. Now all the recipes I can find are either referring to the use of the the seasoning powder which is the ground you know they're dried and then and then ground up into powder or the seeping of the uh, of the fruits in cool to lukewarm water. And, and so, and you'll see on the recipes, if you go to them on our Pinterest board of uh, food forest and perennial garden recipes. Um, but yeah, it, it's actually a very widely used seasoning, as I said, especially in the Mediterranean. Um, there are recipes for, uh, on our Pinterest board, for example, we included one for an easy sheet pan sumac chicken um, with roasted vegetables. We have a sumac and spice roasted chickpeas and also sumac roasted chicken tray bake. And then of course the traditional sumac lemonade. So go and check those out. This is a sumac is not something I would consider a staple food. So it's not something you're going to grow in great quantity to in order to feed your family but it is something that is a seasoning food in that sense, or flavoring food. Now I will give as a couple of cautions. We now come to the caution section, which not all of these have. Um, first off, the, um, the, the seeds. Again, that tannic acids that are released. Some people have a sensitivity toward those, and, and therefore if you do boil the sumac fruits, um, you're likely to have a bitter astringent taste that can cause an upset stomach. Um, and that's not to say that the tannins are, are completely, you know, are toxic or, or that it's, they have a level of toxicity that could be dangerous, but uh, something to be aware of. Um, these tannins taken at the appropriate levels actually have some health benefits like antioxidant um, and anti-carcinogenic effects and so forth like that. But, but it's not something that you're going to seek out to take in quantity because of that upset stomach effect that you don't want. The other thing I will say about the uh, uh, sumac, uh, the smooth sumac, is that some people do have a skin sensitivity with the sap of the sumac. So if you're prone to rashes or dermatitis from plants you might be one who is sensitive to that uh, so just watch out for that if you're if you're going to be preparing them um, and though it's not terribly common um, 
sometimes people who are allergic to either mangoes or cashews have a, a, an allergy to the sumac because they are in the same family. They're, they are distant relatives. And so if you have a cashew or mango allergy, you might be allergic to sumac as well. So just keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, enjoy your sumac spice, enjoy your sumac lemonade, and thank you again so much for listening. Thank you.